You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! The Daily Music Business Podcast. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Daily Music Business Podcast. I'm your podcast host for today, Monica Strutt, and today we're talking about a really fun topic, which is very close to my heart, which is how to do better interviews. I'm giving you a bunch of interview tips, which you can use when you're doing PR for your tours or for your releases. And just to give you a bit of background, I have a seven-year history in music journalism. So I've interviewed some of the biggest bands in the world, from Parkway Drive, Bullet For My Valentine, The Used, Tonight Alive to some of the hottest up-and-comers here in Australia at pretty much every single heavy music festival there is, from Download Festival to some of the local ones that we have, such as Good Things and Unify. Plus, for the last 10 years, I've been playing in my own bands and have been interviewed countless times. So I've been on both sides of the microphone, so to speak. And I know a thing or two when it comes to doing a good interview, whether that be on camera, audio or written. So today I'm giving you a whole bunch of tips which you can use, as I said, when you are doing PR for your latest release or for a tour, stuff like that. But you'll find that a lot of the tips can be applied just generally to your music career. And if you are someone who is in a band, some of the tips I'm going to share are about really being more united as a band. And you can certainly apply these tips to things like social media. Before we get started, make sure you do hit that subscribe button. And if you love my episodes on the Daily Music Business podcast, or if you just love, you know, this podcast in general, which, you know, of course you do, then you're going to love my podcast, which is the Being in a Band podcast. So go search that, particularly if you're in a rock metal or alternative band, pop punk, alternative rock, like pop rock, anything in that alternative heavy genre, then you're going to love my podcast. But honestly, most of the stuff that I talk about is applicable to anyone, So if you just want more music industry tips, then definitely come follow me there. Also come follow me on Instagram and social media. I'm just Monica Strutt everywhere. Holy shit, I totally realized I'm speaking incredibly fast. And the reason for that is I have just had my first coffee in five days, which is highly unusual. And that was like six hours ago and I'm still buzzing. So um, bear with me. I hope that was easy to understand. Although I'm actually quite impressed I managed to get words out that fast. I have just been recording with my own band, The Last Martyr, and we actually added a really, really fast rap section to one of our songs, which I've never done before. I didn't think I could pull it off. And now listening back to that intro for this podcast, uh, you know, I can see why. That was actually without coffee. So now I think about it, it's even more impressive. (laughs) I don't know. We'll have to see when the song comes out, whether you guys are impressed. Anyway, here are my interview tips for doing better PR and... And, you know, making more sales in your music. What I wanted to talk to you guys about today was interview tips. So when I first started out um, back in my old band many years ago, I really didn't have very much guidance when it came to what to expect uh, when we started getting offered interviews and also how to conduct myself 
when answering the questions. So being on both sides as an interviewer for many years for Heavy Magazine and as an interviewee in my bands, I've found there's a little bit of a knack to answering questions. So I thought I'd just share my tips with you guys. And if you're driving or something like that and you don't have a pen and paper to take notes down, Do not worry because in the show notes, you'll find a link where you can download kind of like the cliff notes to this episode. I've got a PDF um, called interview tips for bands, which you can download. You just need to sign up for my mailing list and it will be emailed straight away. But without further ado, let's go into the tips. When it comes to setting up interview times, if you're working with a PR company, Usually the media outlet will contact the PR company first and ask if the band is available for an interview. The PR company will then forward the email to you and kind of leave it up to you to set up a time. If you're doing the PR yourself, then obviously they'll just reply to your press release and email you directly. So this brings me to my first tip. I highly recommend using a calendar tool. Now I use Calendly. There's also OnceHub and a couple of others out there. And that basically hooks up your availabilities around your work and whatever else you schedule in to this, um, to this program. And it basically gives you a link to your calendar, which you can then send to media outlets and they can convert that into their time. So setting up interview times can be kind of tricky when you're in a whole nother continent, especially if you're in Australia like me, where you just feel like sometimes you're in the complete opposite side of the world because we literally are. So this first tip is kind of very practical in terms of actually setting up interview times, but it's more so about being professional and just making it nice and easy for people to interview you. Because if you make the experience as seamless and professional as possible, then likely that publication will have no qualms interviewing you again. If you're going back and forth for ages, and I'm sure you would definitely not do this on purpose, but kind of making the job of the publication who's giving you this opportunity a little bit more difficult than it needs to be, then if you can avoid that, then that is definitely a good thing. So definitely hook up with uh, Calendly or a similar tool. It'll make your life easier, the publication or radio station's life easier, and it's just a super handy tool. This next tip might be an obvious one, but it's avoid one word answers. So an interview is a conversation at the end of the day, and especially in an audio or video interview, you really kind of want to elaborate on your answers. There's nothing worse than, you know, for me, thinking back as an interviewer, asking a band a question and then just getting a yes, no answer back. That really does not make for a stimulating interview. It's quite boring and it kind of feeds the interviewer nothing to really go on from. So even if it is kind of a yes, no, I would definitely recommend elaborating a little bit more because that's just going to make it a bit more interesting at the end of the day. Tip number three, try not to ramble. So if you're someone who gets a little bit nervous and, you know, tends to ramble on about different topics, then you know, that's okay. Everyone does that. You'll kind of get used to it. But questions like how the band first started or the meanings behind songs, they can kind of get a bit tedious. I mean, I don't really think anyone has that interesting of a band formation story unless you kind of formed as a band jumping out of a plane or something like that, or you have like a really, really random story as to how the band formed. Most of the time it's kind of like, oh, you know, we're like playing in the local scene and we played in this old band together and, or we met in high school. Like 
to be honest, that's not really that interesting. No offense. So when it comes to those sorts of questions, I would definitely recommend kind of preparing an answer because at the end of the day, as an emerging band as well, you're probably going to be asked the same set of questions. You're going to be asked, how did the band form? What's the meaning behind this song? Where did you come up with the band name? Where did you come up with the concept for the video? Stuff like that. So these are really easy questions to kind of prepare in advance, or at least just think about in advance of a succinct way that you can express the answer without boring people. (laughs) Tip number four, show up in character. So especially if you're doing a video interview or you're meeting up with the interviewer in person, I would definitely recommend showing up in character. So this means the clothes that you're going to be wearing on stage. Now, if you wear makeup or you wear masks like Slipknot or face paint, I would definitely recommend showing up to the interview like that. Because if you look back at interviews with, say, Slipknot or Kiss or anyone like that, they would never, ever be caught dead doing an interview without their full on stage gear on. And at the end of the day, even if your look isn't that extreme, you got to remember that at all times when you're in the public eye, you're an ambassador for your band. So branding is really important, especially when you are an emerging band. In my opinion, a strong brand is really what makes a local band stand out from all the other local bands out there. It really makes them look that much more professional because if you see a band take themselves seriously, you're obviously going to take them more seriously. A lot of people out there are maybe afraid to step out of their comfort zones. I see a lot of local bands. I'm always at gigs here in Melbourne. We've got an amazing music scene, but unfortunately there are a lot of bands around, not just in Melbourne, but everywhere I presume that kind of just look like they've rolled out of bed and just put on whatever they thought might look cool on the day or not even that, like they just put on, you know, a t-shirt and shorts. And I don't know if this is just an Australian thing. We're very, very casual here, but you always want to be presenting as the best version of yourself, the performer version of yourself. This will help you be more confident as well. And it also draws in potential fans. Oh, I think that's the tangent I was going on before that a lot of people are a little bit scared to kind of get more in character because they're worried that, people might judge them. You want to attract the fans that are going to resonate with who you are and repel all the rest because at the end of the day, they really don't matter. Tip number five. Now we get to the juicy stuff. Never bitch about past band members. This goes for past managers, labels, anyone that you've worked with as well. So even if a past band member has left you in a shit ton of debt or a manager totally screwed you over, you always want to take the high road. If you don't, even if you're in the right, it actually turns people off. So I watched this YouTube channel called, um, what's it called? Charisma on Command. And they talk a lot about being confident, but also being humble. And taking the high road is really just one of the best ways to kind of be more likable. Because at the end of the day, if you take the high road, people are just going to respect you more and therefore respect your band. Tip number six keep things positive. This goes for not only your general outlook, but also about your work. So this is a bit of a tough one. So when you're a new band, generally people aren't as invested in your journey or your history as they will be later down the track. I mean, at the end of the day, your art is your art. And at the end of the day, we are all artists. And I truly think that With any sort of business advice that I give, I would never want that to get in the way of your art at the end of the day. But there is a way that 
even when you have maybe a song that's talking about something difficult that you went through or that's talking about a loss or just something negative, there's definitely a way that within interviews you can kind of put a positive spin. It does get a little bit draining for the reader, especially if they don't know you very well, to read about a lot of negativity within an interview. Now, I know this is a little bit of a controversial sort of point, but it's something that I noticed early on in my career. So obviously for me, I write songs to get through not only the good times, but also the hard times, mostly the hard times, let's be honest. That's what sparks the best art at the end of the day. So I noticed that when people were asking me about songs, I would just, you know, I'm a very blunt, honest person. So I was just telling them what it was about, but I wasn't really explaining it in a way that was showing any light at the end of the tunnel. And a few people actually said to me that reading my interviews was a bit depressing. And I was like, oh my God, like I had no idea. And I think it's because you do lose a little bit in translation when it comes, especially to text. I mean, if you can't hear the tone in your voice or they can't hear your facial expression, um, it is quite difficult to convey that even though you might be talking about something negative to convey that you're actually okay with it now. One of my favorite authors, Cara Orwell-Labor, she wrote Girl Code and Like She Owns the Place and a couple of other um, business books. She said that as influencers or people trying to make a change in the world, which as a musician, you certainly are on this path, you should try and share the breakthrough and not the breakdown. What that does is kind of elevates you as a leader rather than sort of just the average person. Some of the ways that you can lighten the load on some of those more negative topics are by maybe expressing how much the song has helped or is helping you work through those demons or that tough time. You can also express that you hope the song will help someone else. And just by saying those things, it will kind of avoid any awkward situations as well with your interviewer, which in turn kind of helps the flow of the conversation. I would definitely, definitely keep complaining about the music scene to a minimum. In fact, I'd suggest not doing this at all. So that's just something to keep in mind. And also when it comes to keeping things positive, you always want to kind of give a positive spin about your work as well. So generally one of the questions to be asked is how has the reception been to your latest single or how is the reception to your last show? Stuff like that or if you're doing a bigger support how did the bigger band's crowd warm to you whether it's good or bad you always want to frame it in a positive way at the end of the day you need to be an ambassador for your band and whilst there will always be good and bad reviews it's really important that you kind of just focus on the positive because at the end of the day interviews are a way to sell the band especially in the beginning When you're famous, people will be listening to your interviews because they want to get to know you on that deeper level and they're obsessed with you and they want to hear all about you. Not saying that isn't necessarily going to be the case when you're a smaller band, but interviews are a key way to get more exposure and also build relationships with potential fans because they're showing aspects about your personality. It's really kind of a sales tool. So just keep that in mind. Um, You know, make sure that you say that the you know, the reviews have been positive. I mean, I'm not saying to lie. If you've received literally no good reviews, then that's going to be a bit awkward, but I'm sure no one listening is going to be in that boat. In fact, 
publications I've worked for, if something is really, really bad because, you know, maybe the recorded quality is not up to scratch or something like that, um, we just simply won't publish the article. I don't, I don't know. I know that's probably not the case everywhere, but that's certainly the attitude that we took is we do want to be supporting the local bands. But either way, my point still stands. Point number seven, I think we're up to is show personality and don't be a robot. So this kind of goes back to the point where you lose a little bit in translation when it comes to text. So written interviews in particular can sometimes be a bit robotic. So the best advice I can give with written interviews is write how you would talk. Keep it loosey-goosey. Just be casual. Throw in some private jokes. If you swear, like throw in swear words or slang words, just be your character. Use italics and exclamation marks and capital letters if you really want to convey what you're on about. Um, Usually publications will kind of keep that stuff and it'll just show a bit more dynamics to your answers, I guess what I'm trying to say. You always want to show that you're having fun and that you're happy to be there. So that obviously goes for audio and video interviews as well. Thank the interviewer and yeah, just be appreciative. Now, group interviews. So with group interviews, this is probably my favorite point on this list. It's really, really important that when you're doing interviews as a group, as a band, there's more than one of you, it is so important that you show the utmost respect for your bandmates. That means listening to the answers that your other bandmates have given and adding on to them if it's appropriate. Let everyone have a turn in the limelight and just be mindful if someone hasn't really had the chance to answer a question yet. I mean, at the end of the day, that sort of last point is really up to the interviewer. I understand that there's different personalities within bands. Some people may feel more confident speaking up, but I would say to anyone listening to this episode, get used to speaking up and doing interviews because if you want to be a musician, that's just all part and parcel. But the most important thing I want to say is you should never ever throw shade or undermine another bandmate's answers. Even if you don't agree entirely, you need to present to the media, to the public as a united front. This is not only professional, but it also makes you more likable. And this kind of gives the audience that feeling of like, oh, like, I wish I was friends with those guys. Like, I want to be a part of that gang. It also creates, obviously, a positive working environment afterwards because, If you completely undermine someone within an interview, that's going to be quite awkward. And the thing is, sometimes, especially in the early days, you're going to, you know, you may find that your bandmates say stuff that you don't agree with, or you may not be as, I guess, experienced in answering questions. So if there is something that a band member has said that was incorrect or doesn't really maybe present the band in the best light, I would pull them aside afterwards as a group and agree on the correct answer or a better way to approach that same subject next time. Because no doubt it's, um, it's going to be a question that you'll be asked again, especially in the beginning. So that leads me to my next point. You will say things that you regret, especially in the early days. You might say something that's a bit like TMI or that you might regret or you don't agree with anymore or you change your mind about a certain topic and that's okay. This happens on occasion and to be honest, it's all just a learning experience. So sometimes it can be a bit embarrassing if you let something slip that you kind of wish you'd never shared in public, but at the end of the day, yeah, as I said, it's all a learning experience and you'll get over it and probably forget about it in a couple of years anyway. Next tip number nine, I think, 
Anyway, I've completely lost count, but my next tip is it's okay to ask for the question to be repeated. If you go off on a tangent and you forget the original question, it's totally fine to ask what it was. Just make light of it and have a laugh with the interviewer and move on. Last two points. So my second last point is stay humble. Try not to brag about achievements, although you should definitely try and mention them in a more, how, how do I say, like a more matter of fact way and always express gratitude for the opportunities that have come your way. So just making sure that you're also thanking the interviewer for their time, especially if it's an in-person thing and just always, you know, trying to come across as a nice person. And my last point is stay true to yourself. I know this is something that I used to do. So I love 80s glam rock, like the 80s stuff, like Guns N' Roses, Motley Crue, Alice Cooper. And it was kind of my gateway into metal. I mean, before that, I was kind of into like, I don't know. I mean, I listened to Evanescence and Linkin Park, but it was really like the 80s stuff that kind of really was my gateway into metal. Then, you know, I was involved in like the Christian hardcore scene, which was like big in my area, like back in my hometown. I know that's something that I used to do. I used to kind of like hide the 80s stuff, especially when my old band wanted to move more into the more like hardcore scene as opposed to the rock scene. I used to kind of not really talk about my influences of the 80s, even though when it comes to vocal idols, it'll definitely be Axl Rose. And what's that chick from Vixen? Oh my God, I always forget her name. Janet Gardner. That's it. Janet Gardner. Obviously they are like two bands from the eighties, Vixen and Guns N' Roses. But yeah, I used to kind of just fob that off and talk about influences that I liked still that I genuinely liked like post hardcore bands and stuff because I wanted to present in that way. But what I realized later down the track is those quirks about me and my influences might draw in people that are going to resonate on a more personal level with me. So I truly believe that showing your personality is one of the key ways to draw in more like-minded fans, which is what you want. You don't want followers, you want fans. As long as you're not being super negative, make sure that you're answering questions truthfully, because as I said, it's your little quirks and your personality traits that really draw your ideal fans to you. Your band won't be for everyone, as we've already said, and that's fine. But being vanilla is, it's just not interesting. And everyone has their own unique journey and story. So make sure you tell it, make sure you make it known. And yeah, that brings us to the end of the interview tips. So that brings us to the end of today's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it and got some really useful tips that you can use for your next campaign and well into the future for future campaigns. I don't know anyone else that's teaching this shit. So uh, make sure you do head to monicastrut.com. I'll leave the link down below where you can get the show notes for today's episode and I'll speak to you next week. Bye. Subscribe today to the Daily Music Business Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.